Hey, good morning. Good evening. I don't know where I'm at. What time of day is it? Or nothing. Is this East Ridge? Yeah. Is this Celebrate Recovery? Yes. Hey, that is probably indicative of where my mind is. All right. Uh, hey, listen, I am Scott. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery for anxiety and depression. Hey, guys. And I'm going to do this too. Typically, uh, the old Scott would deny his feelings. He would put on a mask and not tell you where I'm at tonight. And, uh, and I would just power through this powerless lesson, okay? But to be real honest with you, I'm also struggling with just feeling heavy. Uh, been a lot of loss in our church and in my family. And uh, sad is a good word, but more flat, more blah is just where I'm at. You know, and then what I love about Sober Recovery, um, I've actually started some of our leadership meetings out like that. And you're thinking, whoa, that's a great leadership meeting. But what I love about Sober Recovery is I don't have to wear a mask here. And so I just took my mask off in front of y'all. And I want to encourage you tonight, take your mask off, you know, take your mask off. Go to go to Open Share Group if you've not been to Open Share Group and uh, man, experience the freedom that comes from taking the mask off. OK, uh, powerless. Have you ever felt powerless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was sitting in the Choa parking garage today. Uh, this was not going to be part of my lesson until God just sort of d- r- reminded me how powerless I, I was. Uh, my 11-year-old son had a uh, uh, an appointment. He has autism, had an appointment with his neuropsych today because he needed a uh, diagnosis updated so we could continue therapy. And so I'm the one that's taken because he typically listens to me. If he's going to listen to anybody, he's going to listen to me. And uh, we're sitting there in the parking lot, and he's, he's slapping me and pinching me and yelling at me and calling me names. and not get, He's scared to death. He's not getting out of the car. And I can't make him. You know, I can't, I can't control him. I can't control the situation other than I made sure the child's safety locks were on so he wouldn't out of the car. And that's sort of like, I was just like, I was thinking, man, I'm teaching them powerless tonight. <laughs> you know, I have no control over the situation and with him. But you know what? There was a little bit of freedom there because I didn't try to control him. I didn't try to power up. I didn't try to do any of that kind of stuff. We just sort of sat in the car until I'm getting emails from the doctor and are y'all here and, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, that's sort of where sort of my day is, you know. But some of us have felt powerless about other things, you know. Um, and, you know, alcohol is just killing your life. It's killing your relationships. And, man, you know it. You've seen it. <laughs> You've had loving people tell you that. You've had unloving people tell you that. And you know it, but yet. We still pour another drink, right? We just can't seem to stop that. Or, or, man, you know, the drugs, same thing. We just keep doing it. Or the porn, we keep clicking. We don't want to, right? But we just, we just keep clicking, you know? Sugar. I'm not going to even talk about it, you know? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I stopped and got M&M's, and I got the shareable size, and I ate them all by myself today. So there, I've confessed it. Um, you, you try not to worry. Some of you worry about how much you worry. Yeah. Yeah. You worry about what others think about you. And if you were honest, you'd, you'd probably say that's the greatest fear in your life or the greatest motivator of why you do what you do. That fear of what other people think, which is called what? Codependency. 
we try hard in one of these areas or in all these areas to be better, to, to do better, and yet we just keep falling short. Hey, if you're a newcomer tonight, let me say this. This has probably felt a lot like a church service tonight because we do believe that we by ourselves are powerless, but we know there's a higher power and we know his name is Jesus Christ. And so we're going to point to him. We're going to worship him. We're going to invite him in to this because we know nothing else works. We know we don't work. Okay. Our humanity does not work. So when we admit though, we're powerless and when you admit you're powerless, and that means something either has power over you or, or even worse, someone has power over you. And that's bad too. But it can feel like a scary place to be. Now, for a lot of us, recovery looks like this picture up here. Um, here's recovery pouring in, and it feels like it's just pouring out, right? Sometimes, it just, especially if you're a newcomer and you've been coming for a while, maybe a couple of months or, or a few weeks, you're like, man, when's this going to take? Because, man, I just feel like I, I show up and then by Friday morning, man, I, my bucket's empty. Can I tell you to do something? Let me tell you what to do. Keep coming back. Keep, keep coming back. Because, you know, I, I've been the pastor now here like at, at CR for about a, a year and a half, maybe a, little, maybe a little bit longer. And so I've been watching y'all, you know, not creeping out. Don't, don't worry. All right. <laughs> But I've been watching y'all, and so especially those that have come in during the year and a half. And so, so I'll tell you what happened. So if you're a newcomer, you, you come in late, right, for the most part. That's fine. I would too. I don't know. It's a recovery meeting. There's a bunch of weird people at recovery meetings, right? And so I would, I would just, I don't know them, you know? And so I would come in late too. But then I watch you over time, and you hang back. You hang back. I mean, you're here a month. You're hanging back. You're not hanging far back. But there's something about this four-month period I've noticed. On this four-month period, your countenance has changed. You're not so much hanging back. You're actually staying for the cafe, something you swore you would never do. You know, you would not sit around with people you don't know and eat cake and drink coffee. All of a sudden, your, your countenance is changing. Can I tell you why? The very first habit you're going to pick up here is just keep coming back. And I'm going to tell you something. I think it's the most valuable habit. You keep coming back. You keep building relationships. All of a sudden, you're going to hear a testimony. And man, all of a sudden, you're going to see the power of God transform or this person, set this person free from alcohol or drugs or depression or anxiety. Or you're going to see, even though they struggle with it, whoa, they're still living. And God's still using them. It's the most amazing thing. You're going to find hope when you keep coming back. So listen, even though it may feel like that at times, we're going to start plugging those holes with healthy habits, okay? And that first healthy habit is keep coming back. Just keep coming back. Now, we're in principle one. If you're a newcomer, and I'm saying a lot of things didn't plan on saying, all right? So uh, if you're a newcomer, it's great that you're here. Okay, you, this we're at the beginning of the year. We're in principle one. We're in step one. And principle one reads like this. Realize I'm not God. I Say that with me. I'm not God. I just play him in real life, right? Realize I'm not God. I admit that I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. Happy are those who know their spiritual poor. Step one says we admitted we were powerless over our addictions, our compulsive behavior, spiral thinking. Anybody struggle with it? 
All right. That our lives have become unmanageable. It says, I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Listen, as soon as we take this step, as soon as we start to admit that we're powerless, we start to change. I want you to hear me on this. It's a hard lesson, but as soon as we admit that we're powerless, man, we start to change. Now, tonight, we're going to look at two things we need to stop doing and two things we need to start doing. Uh, we need to start doing this. One, we need to stop doing this. We need to stop denying the pain, all right? Uh, we need to quit the denial, all right? Denial, I'm going to go through it real quickly. We had a whole lesson on this. You can go online. If you've not liked our YouTube uh, page yet, just please subscribe to Celebrate Recovery Easter Ridge. Like that, and you can get all these lessons you've missed. It disables our feelings. It wastes our energy. It neg- wastes our energy. Oh, my gosh, it does. Negates our growth. It isolates us from God. It alienates us from others, and it lengthens our pain. I think that's the worst problem of it all. When you and I refuse to to stop denying the pain, we got to stop denying the pain. We got to admit whatever we're doing is hurting us. Whatever we're doing is wrong. And listen, we got to stop denying that. And when you're ready to accept principle one, you're ready to accept it when your pain is greater than your fear. And a lot of you are here tonight because your pain is greater than your fear. I love this prayer. I shared it with a friend of mine today. Uh, David once told God this. Listen to this. He's crying out. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I'm weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I'm sick at heart. How long, Lord, until you restore me? You ever felt weak? You ever, ever been in agony? Sick at heart? Doom and gloom? Been there? This is admission. Man, what what David's doing, King David here, he's facing it. He's facing what caused it. But, you know, the good news is this. Because of David's humility, because David confessed it, you know who rescued him? Man, God himself rescued him. And I'm going to tell you something. God will rescue you. we got to stop playing God. I'm going to say that again for myself, okay? Uh, i got to stop playing God. Now, when something's God, you serve it. So if we're playing God, we either serve ourselves or we serve God. We're either going to serve ourselves or we're going to serve God. It says this, Matthew 6, 24, Jesus said this, No one can serve two masters, for you're going to hate one and love the other. If I'm going to serve myself, I'm going to hate God. But if I'm going to love God, listen, we'll we'll be devoted to one and we'll despise the other. Now, another term for serving self is what we call the serving the sin nature. That's what the Bible calls it. We all got it, right? How many of you dealt with it? I was going to say this week. Let's just say today. All right? Here. And you know what? We're horrible failures at controlling it. We try self-control. I, I'm going to stick to my notes. <laughs> All right? How many times have you said this? Today's the last day. I'm, yeah, I'm deleting this app. I'm not going to that restaurant. I'm not going to that bar. No more. I poured them all out. Today's the last day. I'm serious this time. No, this time I'm really going to try. Man, we've all said it. And our attempts to control ourselves or others, if we're honest, is what got us here today, where we are. God needs to be the one in control of our lives. And we've been trying to do God's job, and we're horrible at it. We are horrible at it. 
But on the flip side, he won't do our job. That means this. We need to do the footwork. We need to admit that we're not God and that our life is unmanageable without him. Then when we finally emptied ourselves, God will have room to come in and work in our lives. So I hope and pray you're at that point, And then maybe that's what some of you will take home tonight. Now, here's what we need to start. We need to start admitting that we're powerless. We need to realize that our human self is weak and we need to quit trying to do it by ourselves. The reason I became suicidal, I know without a doubt, is because I would not share my depression or anxiety with other people. Man, we need to quit trying to do it all by ourselves. We need to admit that we're powerless and then we need to turn our lives over to God. Now, this is not easy. Jesus knew this was difficult. He said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are what? Possible. Paul says, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but cannot carry it out. Ever felt that? Man, if you know this, this is a great place to be. And then we also need to start admitting that our lives have become unmanageable. Now you're saying, Scott, isn't that a sign of weakness? I was told, especially us men, man, you don't ever show weakness. Man, admitting weakness always precedes strength. Man, if you'll admit you're weak, man, there's strength coming your way. If you'll admit you're sick, man, there's help coming your way. If you'll admit that there's sin, listen, I'm going to tell you something, there's salvation coming your way. Admitting that your life is unmanageable precedes recovery. Man, that's why you're here. And you want the recovery. And this will be one of the healthiest things you will ever do. Listen to David again. He says, for trouble surrounds me. Too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. That's a lot for some of you. All right. But then he says this. It's not that funny. <laughs> Don't point at me again. I'll have to make amends later. <laughs> but listen to what David says. I've lost all courage. I've lost all courage because of that. Have you lost your courage? When our pain is greater than our fear, we're ready to take that step. And admitting, here's a step, admitting that our lives are unmanageable. And that we're powerless to do anything about it. Now, here's the good news. When we admit that, then we can get rid of these serenity robbers, all right? So the first serenity robber, the first thing that wants to try and steal our peace is this, pride. Hmm. We see that we're no longer trapped by pride. Pride ends in, ends in humiliation, while humility brings honor. Pride says, I don't need God. God, I got this on my own. I don't need to share it with somebody else. I don't need to invite somebody else into my life. Pride says, I don't need your wisdom and I don't need your ways. I don't need you. But when we admit we're powerless, we're welcoming God's presence into our life. And maybe that's sort of the prayer some of you need to pray tonight. God, come in. God, I need your wisdom. Maybe you're already a believer and somehow another pride has filled you up. Say, no, God, come back in. God, I, I, I admit I'm prideful. Humility says we need God. And humility does this. It takes us from a place of shame to a place of honor. Then we can lose the only ifs. Now, we've all done the only ifs, right? If only if I had not dated him. 
Only if I had not married her. Only if I had not taken that first drink. Only if I had stayed home that weekend. Only if. We've all played the only ifs, right? You know what that's called? That's called fantasy land. Because any daydreamers in here? Any of y'all can daydream? I'll be, I'm a daydreamer. I can daydream with the best of them. And I can go down that road pretty quickly. Only if. Can I tell you what that is? That's a waste of energy. Man, when we start to admit that we're powerless, I'll tell you what we do. We leave fantasy land. And then we start walking in the life that God has planned for us. Now, is it hard at times? Definitely. When you're walking out of addiction and when you're walking out of pain and you're walking out of anxiety, man, it can be very painful because it's, it's a new path for you. But I promise you, you won't be alone. You won't be alone in this new land. Jesus warns the disciples about living in this fantasy land, this hypocrisy, and worrying about what other people think. He says this. He says, the time's coming. And he's really talking about these Pharisees that were bad teachers. He says, the time's coming when everything that is covered up, it's going to be revealed. And all that is secret will be made known to all. And whatever you've said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you've whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetop for all to hear. The only thing you and I need to worry about is what God thinks. That's freedom. Speaking of worrying, admitting that we're powerless frees us from worry. Anybody here struggle with it? How many of you worry that you worry too much? Worry is an indicator that I'm trusting. I'm not trusting God, but I'm trusting myself. And when I admit I'm powerless, and that can set me free from worry. You think, well, how does that happen? Worry is focused thinking. Okay, and, and we can focus that during the Super Bowl. Some of y'all are just so focused on the 49ers, right? And some of y'all are so focused, focused on the Swifters. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the, the Chiefs, right? But we, we just thought about it and thought about it. And the commercials, we couldn't wait. For, you worried the football game, so to speak. You just thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. But worry is focused thinking. What we need to do is focus thinking on the truth of God. Man, worry the word. Jesus says this, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its what? Own. By trusting Jesus and doing what we talk about in CR, I promise that you can be free of worry. Also by admitting we are powerless, we quit trying to escape. Escape and hide from our hurts. Escape and hide from our habits. Escape and hide from our hang-ups, unhealthy relationships, abusing alcohol, abusing drugs, using food, using porn. We're a funny group of people. We will sin in order to comfort the consequences of our other sin. Aren't we messed up? But when we admit we're powerless, man, we can be free of that. And this trying to escape, man, it drains us. It drains us. But when we admit we're powerless, God gives us an escape route to show his power and his grace. Understand this. God sees you where you are. And he wants to give you his power. He wants to shower you with grace. Again, it says, Paul says this, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light, even you. Do you know that God wants to use you to share his grace with other people? You may be thinking, no, there's no way. I'm going to tell you something. 
I don't know where you're at in your recovery, but God wants to use you as a trophy of his grace, as an example of what he can do. So if you're on day one, I'm going to tell you something. There's an incredible future waiting for you. Don't give up. And if you're on day 3001, man, there's still an even great future. God's already using you, but don't give up. Keep coming back. All right. We don't hide, but we let our light shine for others. The R stands for resentments. None of us here have struggled with that. We know when we are acting in control because we're holding on to those resentments. And resentment becomes this emotional cancer. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give a devil a foothold. Can I challenge some of you to practice that tonight? Can I just challenge you, some of you? You're thinking, How do I, what do I do with it? Well, if you're married... Say, I'm sorry, or, or at least address the issue. Hey, you know what? Can we solve this? Or can we at least make a decision to talk about this tomorrow? Or if you've got somebody that's not here, man, deal with that. And you know what we want to do? We want to help you. If you're having trouble with that, man, what I, one of the things I love about Subway Recovery is we will walk with you and help you walk through forgiving other people because that can be a stronghold. And that can be extremely painful. But we will walk with you through that process. And if we do not admit we're powerless, we become isolated and alone. And so another thing we can say goodbye to is loneliness. Admitting we are powerless and starting to face reality, we find that we are not alone. And you know, loneliness can be a choice. But I want to say this. One one thing I love about about Easter is I really, really love about Celebrate. You don't ever have to be alone again. Never again. I challenge you to take that mask off. Can I tell you what's keeping you from being, from being accepted and being loved truly? Is that mask that we keep wearing. You don't ever have to be alone again. You can open up and open share group, step studies, cafe. You never have to walk again. And you know what? Another thing, serving and caring for other people is a great cure for loneliness going on this men's hockey trip we're going on a friday night incredible you know what we're going to do that's going to be really deep and spiritual laugh and watch hockey players fight each other (laughs) you know and and maybe watch chad get involved in a fight i don't know (laughs) serving each other picking up the offering you are the offerings where a lot of people start men and women that's where a lot of people start right there and we got places all over where you can serve. And you're thinking, but I've disqualified myself. No, you haven't. You've just been human. I'm going to tell you something. If you go throughout the Bible and you look throughout history, one thing I love about our praise band and, and all our leaders, and so many times I'll be watching them lead worship or do the welcome or whatever, and I'm thinking, man, all of them should be dead with the drugs, the alcohol, the depression, the anxiety. They should be dead or in jail. And man, here they are. Whew, God's using them. Use, using you. Using you. All right? You belong here. God chooses you. God chooses you to be used by him. God, I'm telling you, and it's not reluctantly. No, he's been waiting on the day that you would come to celebrate recovery. 
Man, God chooses you. And he also says this, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. One of the greatest ministries you have is to keep showing up, not just for yourself, but for other people. Man, other people need you here. Keep loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. Welcome the newcomers. For some have done this and they've entertained angels without even realizing it. Here's another benefit. We give up emptiness. I don't know about, I've never been addicted to alcohol. But I know what the, that soulful pain of depression feels like. There's like a physical, like I, I remember it. It was like an ache in my soul. I can remember that. And I tell you, the the closest description of of depression that I've heard for me was like there was this physical like hole that this emotional cancer had opened up to me and it ached, didn't burn, didn't sting. It just ached and I felt it. You don't ever have to be empty again. It may not go away overnight. But I'm going to tell you what Jesus says. He says, I've come to have, give you life. All right? I've come that you may have life and, and have it to the full. Doesn't mean we won't have adversity. Doesn't mean we won't have struggles. You know what? Let's let God fill us up. Man, let's, let's get so full of Christ. And listen, don't do it all at one night. Keep coming back. Keep picking up the habits. You'll learn new habits here. They're going to help you walk with the Lord. But I can promise you this. When you learn to walk in the tools and in those habits... Your life will never be boring again. And maybe that's what, maybe you're just like done with life. Like, is this as good as it is? I don't want any more of it. I'm going to tell you something. When you walk with Jesus, your life may never be boring again. You also notice this, selfishness goes away. And now you got a list of people you wish were here, don't you? It's so common to start your recovery only thinking about yourself. When I, when I started dealing with my, my depression and anxiety, I went to a conference and um, the guy said, hey, I'm a pastor and I struggle with anxiety and depression. And to me, all you other pastors, can I tell you, stop doing something. You're not the only person alive. I'm like, he didn't know me. But yet he did know me because I just we were there because of me. And all I ever did talk about me and talked about my depression. I talked about my anxiety. Right. You ever seen the movie? What about Bob? Give me, give me, give me. I need, I need, I need. That was me. That was me. My wife said in counseling one day, she she looked at the counselor and said, I'm tired of talking about him. I thought, I need a new wife. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. (laughs) Hey, what's said at Celebrate Recovery stays at Celebrate Recovery, right? No, she was dead on the money. She was dead on the money. We let go of that selfishness and we realize, man, I am here to bless other people. Let that selfishness go. Man, let Jesus have it. Let Jesus have it. And you know, that selfishness, that's really at the heart of the issues between two people. Man, let Jesus have that. And the last thing we give up is separation. And I'm talking here about separation from God. And listen, that separation from God can feel so real and it can feel so permanent, but it's never permanent. Listen, I want to tell you something. God seeks the lost. Man, God steps into brokenness. Man, if you're broken, I want to tell you something. God is drawn to you. 
Listen, he, the whole reason he sent, sent Jesus, Jesus, I came to, to seek the lost. I, I came to, to heal the sick. He didn't come for righteous people. He didn't come for perfect people. He came for the broken. That's us. No, don't buy that lie. No, God loves you. Man, he loves you. He cannot not love you. He will never stop loving you. It, Paul says this, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The power to change only comes from the grace of God. You're here because you want to change. You're here because you want to be different. You're here because you don't want to be the same as you were when you walked in the door. So if you're ready to truly begin your recovery, if you're ready to stop denying the pain, if you're ready to stop playing God, if you're ready to start admitting that you're powerless and your life has become unmanageable, you are in the right place. You belong here. So keep coming back. Father, I thank you, God, for your love. Thank you, Lord, that uh, in you we don't have to pretend. In you we can be honest. In you we can be raw. In you, Father, we can say, I am powerless. Jesus, I need you. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for bringing us to this place. And, Lord, I'll be the first to admit my life is unmanageable, God. And I need you. I need you in the morning. I need you in the evening. I need you in the in-between time. I need you watching over me while I sleep. And, Lord, I know that's true of every brother and sister. And, Father, even every newcomer in this room. Father, may we leave here tonight. May we go to open share group tonight knowing that you love us and nothing will ever separate us from that. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.